We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Yeah, you're going to get beat four times against the best, one of the best attacks in the Premier League when you have two center backs who one of which isn't really a center back and the other one joined the team two weeks ago like settle down this is the fantasy soccer podcast brought to you by rotowire.com your premier source for fantasy sports for news rankings projections dfs lineup optimizers and more head over to rotowire.com slash soccer and now here are your hosts Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. It is the Game Week One review. Uh, that's right. It is Monday night. Uh, all Game Week One is in the books. Uh, with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. Uh, what a whirlwind, Andrew! Especially for you as an Arsenal fan. Oh, although I was somehow the uh, tame voice on the internet of a c- huge conversation I got into on Twitter about whether everything is 
you know, the end of the world for Arsenal or if everything's okay. And somehow I was the guy who was sticking out for the club despite being rather vocal numerous times about having to do stuff. But yeah, we'll get to this more later uh, when we review every game. But uh, I had the same feeling probably because I kept telling people this was the second, the Arsenal second team basically except for a couple of players except yeah. for a couple of players i mean it was basically a second rate squad and they went toe to toe uh missed penalty here and you know you have you have a, a tie game it's really it's really not that inconceivable but either way we'll get to all the game breakdowns in a minute uh but we do have to update uh, i andrew has won week one of our personal head-to-head battle on DraftKings. Uh, Andrew, I believe you went two and one in your season long. Uh, the two toggle leagues that were in and the and the EFC league, I think you went two and one overall. I did. Yep. Um, Harry and Thompson I, yeah. from Rotowire beat me in our Rotowire league, and then I won in the Taga Premier and in EFSA. Yeah. I took. Uh, I, technically, I took two tough luck losses because they were close. But in the in, in the EFSA league, I scored the least amount of points this week and lost to the person with the second least amount of points. Yeah. But uh, no, I also took a real tough luck loss where I scored 90 plus points would have beaten more than half this uh, way more than half the teams in the Taga Premier League. So I'm, I'm happy with the way my team performed. I'll, I'll just, you know, sometimes that stuff happens in season long leagues. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I and then I I won in the Rotowire League uh, for the week. Thank you to uh, actually no, it wasn't thanks to Michi Bachuai, but uh, that did help uh, cut the lead as, as far in the Taga League. But just too many teams, Andrew. We have too many teams. And also the RFPL teams, uh, I know uh, we both did okay. And then uh, I'm also in 11th place in the Rotowire Taga Perfect 11. Uh, and you are in 30th place out of uh, over 100 teams. So thank you for everyone who has uh, signed up for that. Uh, really good attendance. And uh, it's a featured league, so we'll be at the uh, the top of the app. So, <sighs> So much stuff, so much stuff to get through, Andrew. All we're getting too popular. So yeah. Basically, basically, uh, we, we may be we may be finalists again for that podcast of the year. Maybe they'll even create a soccer section this year. Yeah, it sounds like there there may be some more soccer talk for the FSWA. I think there's just a little too much to ignore. I actually went to the uh, FSTA uh, conference in I don't even remember when it was. A few months ago, it was in New York and. They had a great slide. They did a Ipsos did a whole study on you know people who play fantasy sports and fantasy soccer is the fastest growing fantasy sport, which you know shouldn't be all that surprising because football and baseball and basketball are already so big anyway. But fantasy soccer is the fastest growing, and people who play fantasy soccer are more willing to spend money on fantasy soccer stuff because um, probably because we're just so good at it. I mean, I don't see any other also reason why. Be- also probably because based in Europe, gambling is legal already, so they're used to putting money down on sports stuff. No, it was a North American oh, study, North so American. yeah, there's, wow. there was no, uh, oh, no. <clears throat> no, no European influence there. But I don't know. We'll see. FanDuel launched in the UK. Uh, this, you know, for the for the start of the Premier League. I haven't. We we're obviously in America, so we don't have access to their game. But uh, it sounds like it's at least popular enough to keep going. Whether it actually. Uh, you know, succeeds enough where they grow it here is a, is another question. I actually think it might be more popular here than it would be there. Just as you mentioned, cause gambling is legal there and we we're all in on fantasy sports. So I kind of somewhat understand why FanDuel launched there, but I think, I think this is their growth market for soccer at least. 
Yeah, it, uh, as Madden Blazers comically says, the fastest growing sport since 1972 or right. something like that. Yeah, America's uh, next sport, next big sport. Yes, or something. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Something like that. Um, but also shout out to Neil and uh, and John from Taga being on the Men and Blazers podcast for the uh, fantasy preview this year. So uh, kudos to them as they help us grow our game that we low and love. But let's actually get to some games and break them down here a little bit, Andrew. Uh, starting off with the, the Premier League season got off to a very um, headline worthy start, I guess would be a good way to put it. Uh, Hall 2, Leicester 1. Um <laughs> Basically, um, uh, when Hall, Hall actually took the lead one nothing, and then I just I, I said on Twitter, and a lot of people liked it. That remember, uh, Leicester were behind almost all of the first half of the season and still won a lot of games. And then what do you know? Like right right after the second half starts, they they level the game, and then I retweet. Oh, that didn't take. I retweeted myself saying that didn't take long. And then literally about five minutes after that, Hall scored again to mm-hmm. make it two. And then uh, I forgot who it was. But they they. Uh, they, so someone retweeted my re, my retweet and then said no it didn't and I was like oh okay perfect yeah. These people, <laughs> I, you know I can I can I, basically I got cursed a real game not just a player um, but it's uh, it was a very interesting game uh, Diamande's goal was assisted by Abel Hernandez in the most odd way in that Abel Hernandez completed an overhead kick that traveled about five inches until Diamande deflected the overhead kick into the net. So that was a really weird assist for Hernandez and a really weird goal for Diamande. I would have preferred to see Hernandez get that goal with a nice overhead. But either way, Riyad Mahrez then converted a penalty and uh, Richard Snodgrass in the most Snodgrassy way. uh, Just uh, on a deflected corner, I believe it was. It just came out to him and he just banged it into the net. A really nice low drive. (sighs) No cheap goals, Andrew. That's, That's one thing we can say. I think the most surprising thing about it, at least from a fantasy perspective, is that Jamie Vardy didn't take the penalty. Uh, Riyad Mahrez was taking them at the beginning of last season, and he missed a few. Uh, I think he missed two of them, and so they put Vardy on it, and Vardy was successful on all of his after that. So uh, that was definitely some of his, uh, you know, some of the fantasy value that people put into Vardy this year because Leicester led the league last year in penalties drawn. And so obviously taking the penalty taker from this team is is important. And somehow the guy who signed his contract extension does not take the penalties. And the guy who is halfway out the door now gets to take them. So maybe he's only a quarter of the way out the door now. But yeah, yeah, Leicester lost three games last year. I think two of them to Arsenal. And they start this year with a loss. And now they play Arsenal. So the, you know... Let the, everybody's like, you know, they're the first to, I think they said they were the first champion to lose their first game in the next season, you know, in however long it's been. But, uh, you know, putting Leicester in a list of of champions like uh, that we're used to seeing, you know, I don't know why we're putting them in the same box as other teams after the ridiculous run they went on last year. Yeah, they're just uh, they're just getting ready for the Champions League schedule because that's how they're going to qualify for the Champions League next year is by winning the Champions League. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what's going to happen. Well, Claudio Ranieri said uh, there's a better chance of aliens coming to Earth and making contact with Leicester than Leicester winning the championship again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And he said that's probably what it would take for them to win the championship again. So, you know, Claudio Ranieri is a nice character. Um, even though we talked about Riyad Mahrez and Jamie Vardy, I think the two stars of the game, for Leicester, were actually Demarai Gray and Ahmed Musa. 
those two were electric. Uh, Musa completing a ton of passes in the final third, uh, looking very dangerous. Uh, Jamie Vardy missed an opportunity for, uh, that would have ga- that would have given uh, Musa an assist, but. Um, Demarai Gray had a ton of shots, and he also drew the penalty, which Mara has converted. So he got an assist for that, a fantasy assist for that. And something interesting I also found was that Christian Fuchs and Danny Simpson got yellow carded very early in the game, which allow, which didn't allow them to be very aggressive defensively, which kind of led to some of the the troubles that they had defensively. Yeah, I mean the the biggest uh, difference that you saw early on is that that humongous area that. And Golo Kante used to cover was now very much not covered, yeah. and we saw. I think Andy King got the start uh, instead. That of, was so disappointing. Yeah, and uh, Claudio Ranieri had kind of made a point earlier that uh, Nampalis Mendy's not in Golo Kante, but clearly Andy King is not either. So I wonder how long that'll last. Yeah, Andy King has been the longtime servant of uh, you know the good soldier for Leicester, so I think that's kind of why he got the nod. I think it's only a matter of time before Mendy acclimates, and they're, they're just going to put him in. Uh, but you know, Ranieri knows what he's doing, you know, so I'm not going to say that he's just being stupid. I, I, given what he's done last year and what he's done in the past, he knows what he's doing, and maybe it's just a matter of time before uh, Mendy actually comes in. I thought that my Seinfeld joke last week was brilliant, but no one retweeted it or liked it except for you. So apparently <laughs> not. Uh, but, but so I won't repeat it here. Um, either way, it was an interesting game to start off the season. Lots of interesting narrative for Leicester now going into their game week two against Arsenal. Not that there wasn't going to be anyway, but coming off a loss, both teams coming off a loss um, just adds to the excitement for game week two. Let's move on to a game that was not nearly as exciting, predictably. Burnley 0, Swansea 1, Leroy Fair. Remember him? <laughs> uh, he scored a goal. Actually, I think I believe I said Leroy Fair is actually not going to be a bad option. But uh, he, he uh, Leroy Fair started, and uh, Fernando Llorente, the new signing, got the assist on his goal. But for me, Tom Heaton, even if they lose for Hull, uh, sorry, for Burnley, he's going to be a star uh, in most fantasy formats. Seven saves for Tom Heaton. Yeah, they're a very good defensive side, um, and you just kind of have to hope that they're good enough to let up the shots, but not let up the goals. But yeah, I mean, for... I'll take se- I'll take seven saves and two goals allowed every week. Yeah, no, for sure, for no sure. problem. That's that's eight points. Oh, sorry, that's not eight points on fantasy on DraftKings. That's uh, sorry, that's ten. ten. Yeah, it's ten points on DraftKings. I'll take ten points a week from Tom Heaton. No problem. Yeah, the, I mean, pretty much every format you find saves are more important than goals allowed which other than you know the standard uh, fantasy premier league game but yeah if you if you find that guy and uh, Herelio Gomez was that guy last year and if Heaton's the guy this year then it, there's no reason to not jump all over him because Gomez was a top three or top five pick in in most um most leagues last year meaning sorry not pick he uh, point score Correct. Uh, and th- th- that trend could look could continue for Burnley. And Tom Heaton's a talented goalkeeper. It's uh, it's, it's someone who a lot of teams were in were in on when Burnley went down. Um, but they but Burnley thought he was too important and would not let him go. So mm-hmm. uh, he's obviously a valuable asset there. But for Swansea, the, um, offensively, at least uh, if Leroy Fair is going to be asked to go forward more often to kind of fill the void that Andre Ayu left. Uh, that that just makes me like him more, and I liked him last year. Um, Fernando Llorente, 
the very rare assist for him. He's a goal scorer. Yes. So don't, don't anticipate too many of those coming. That might be his only assist of the season. Yeah, it could be. Um, it, it, what's interesting, though, is they did start two strikers. Swansea did. They started Barrow and they started Urente. So something to look out for as far as a team starting two strikers. There are not many of those. And uh, so you could get some budget option there from both of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. Uh, there's really not much else to say about that game. It was not very fun to watch. I only I did the the 90 and 30 on that game. I couldn't actually watch the whole thing front. Just <laughs> not possible. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I did I did I did some fast forwarding. All right. Uh, Crystal Palace zero, West Brom one. Another game that I fast forwarded through, and it still was slow, even at two times speed. Yeah. Um, Salomon Rondon, remember him? That's that was the theme, that was the theme of this weekend. Uh, he got the goal. James McLean got an assist. Uh, you, you, your top scorer in one of, in one one of your teams was Ben Foster with four saves and the clean sheet. So that, that that's not bad at all. Yeah, I mean the it was more surprising from my point of view just how poor Crystal Palace were uh, on the attacking side. Like we know that West Brom um, have have a good def- uh, defense, but I mean they, ultimately. The, the the biggest problem is that we just didn't see the Crystal Palace team that we thought we were going to see. Like Johan Kabai was out, uh, Balassi was on the bench, which we now know is because well he actually played off the bench, which was a little surprising given his move today to, to Everton. But um, you know if if you told me on Thursday when we were talking about this game that uh, Lee and Mile Jednak were going to start, I mean you obviously would have a much different opinion than if that was Yannick Balassi and Johan Kabai. So. I'm just not sure they get much better. <laughs> well, I was surprised because a lot of the ESPN guys pitched Crystal Palace to go down this year, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm stunned if that. But I, I, I'm I'm done with the prediction game in that in that regard. I don't <laughs> think it's interesting. I don't think it's that interesting to be honest. Like they could have just put that in there for headlines, but for me, you know, going trying to predict what's going to happen nine months from now in the Premier League is a fool's game. So. Um, for me, Crystal Palace, they need to get an identity. They need to know who they are at this point because they also still don't have a striker. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming that the sale of Balassi will open up the money to sign said striker. But you hope so. You know, West Ham are in the same position. They need one too. But we'll get to them in a minute. <sighs> who do you Sal- think benefits more with Ben Teke? Crystal Palace or West Ham? Yeah. I was talking to a West Ham fan not that long ago, and he said that Christian Benteke is just – he's just basically a, a glorified Andy Carroll. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good, first of all. But secondly, no, he's not. He actually does have talent with his feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he used them to trip up Diego Costa – or no, it was Ivanovic, excuse me. Christian, I mean, Benteke, like Christian Benteke or no, no, no. Andy Carroll? And Andy Carroll. A- Andy Carroll playing left back for part of the day today. We'll right. get to that. We'll get to that game later. Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't know, Ben. I, I just want Benteke freed. We need to see this guy play again. And I don't think West Ham. I think that that West Ham doesn't have as much room to grow with him. That as Crystal. Pa- I mean, if Crystal Palace is a relegation candidate, I think with with Benteke, I think they they're definitely a top 10 side. Yeah, I, I totally agree. 100% agree. I, I love Crystal Palace's midfield, even still without Balassi. I still love that midfield. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see it full first. Like that—that yeah. that was their problem last year. Is they just got slaughtered by injuries, and so they just never got any sort of momentum with the same few guys. I'm not sure. I mean, you know me. I'm I'm a little higher on Connor Wickham than you are, but I'm not sure oh, they're like dead oops. if if he's the guy. Pass. <laughs> just just pass. By the way, West Brom last year they they. You know, under Pulis, they they had a, a close to a forty percent clean sheet rate, and now it's a hundred percent so yeah. far to start this season. So, yeah. um, I got it, my Gareth McCauley four point five clean sheet. Yeah, hey, they all count. Yep. All right, let's move on to uh, the actual exciting game that took place uh, at the ten o'clock hour on Saturday, which was Everton one, Spurs one. This was kind of back and forth, but I actually think Everton put it on Spurs. To be fair. Uh, I, I, I'm, I think it was a good result one, one, but if someone deserved to win, it was Everton, but I, I don't think that was, a, I don't think there's a strong case to be made, but Ross Barkley, um, that nice free kick goal to start things off for, for, for Everton, uh, canceled out by Eric Lamella and man, Lamella's just picking up right where he left off at the end of last year. Yeah. For the, for the price, would you take Lamella or Erickson for the rest of the year? What format? Any of them. For DraftKings, I would, because of the emphasis on crosses. You would take Lamella. Yeah. Yep. What about For FPL? Ch- like, I think the problem... I might. I, mean, I might, because yeah. Lamella probably scores more goals than Erickson, but Erickson... <laughs> Erickson somehow finds his way to those bonus points in FPL, yeah. I, and I never know how. I just don't think the gap between them is that great. Um and Nick Pittner actually wrote a, a, a roundup this week, and he kind of made that point that, like, Lamella, I think Lamella was seven, and Erickson's, what, eight and a half or nine even? Like, that's that's a lot of money in an FPL, in FPL that you can spend somewhere else, and I'm not sure that Erickson's upside is that much higher than Lamella's. It's fair. Uh, it's certainly fair. It's the, the only issue I have with Lamella is he's probably the first guy out whenever someone, whenever there's a substitution. So he may not get the minutes that Erickson will, but that's it. Yeah. And did you consider Barkley's free kick excellent or lucky? Define lucky. Like, do you think like, like he didn't mean to do it? He mishit it and it just was perfect. I don't know. It seemed like the, there there were equal reactions to when it happened. Like, man, that was a lucky bounce, or uh, or he placed that perfectly. Like that goal we've seen numerous times from Willian, that kind of like over the wall to the back post and it just takes that right hop and goes and just is too quick to, that the goalie can't stop it. It could it could be something that that becomes a trend. Uh, I don't know if he does it twice. No, we can probably put it to bed that it was not an accident, but. I just like that Barkley was more active in general throughout yeah. the game. Yep. I mean, free kick aside, yeah. uh, I, I I think that, like I, like I said before, the Ronald Koeman effect has to hit him, mm-hmm. and if it doesn't, he's uh, then he's done. Like there, there's there, there's there, there's no better manager for him than Ronald Koeman. Yes, I totally agree. How funny is it that they actually ended up going with three in the back despite selling John Stones? <laughs> it was funny. Uh, I did I did get a nice chuckle. And uh, even in this game where it was tight defensively, Leighton Baines still only scored four points in the friendliest of scorings. Yes. Yes. So far, Mike is right. Everyone else is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's early though. It it's is early. early. It's early. Yeah. But uh, a com- oh, the big the big injury news is just Hugo Lloris walks off. Yes. Pitch. Uh, Michelle Vorm came on, made a couple saves, but five saves between the two of them isn't bad. No. No, and Stecklenburg got the call over Joel Robles, and uh, there's actually talk that Joe Hart is now going to possibly go to Everton if uh, Man City lands Claudio Bravo like they're trying to do. It, uh, if you are a rejected player from the city of Manchester, Everton is interested. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. Like, oh, Juan Mata may go to Everton. Mm-hmm. Oh, now it's uh, you know, from the blue side of Manchester. They'll, they'll, it's just very interesting. And uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get to the, we'll get to them later. Um, but just, I think Everton, and this is only the first game under Kuman, and they they gave Spurs everything Spurs can handle yep. and more. Yeah, they looked a lot better. These teams looked a lot closer than I thought they were. Yeah, yeah, uh, good, definitely a good sign for Everton. Uh, Spurs, you can kind of maybe put it off to just the first game of the season. They just need some time. Yeah. But, I mean, they got a point. It's not like they left with nothing. So I understand. I understand. It's, and, at, and at Goodison, you know, it's a tough game. Yep. Leave with a point. It's just fine. All right. Let's move on, though. Middlesbrough and Stoke. Uh, a lot of names that you wanted to see on the score sheet wound up being there. Jordan Shakiri scored for Stoke, so congratulations. You'll see that another again in two months. <laughs> um, Alvaro Negredo started just the way you thought he would with a goal from about six inches away. And it was assisted by Gaston Ramirez. Everyone remembers that name from Southampton. Um, so I, I, fam- I, I left Gaston Ramirez on my bench in Taga, and he scored 19 points. So... Hmm. Good job by me. Um, but outside of those three names, there really wasn't much to to say. This game was pretty, I got to say, pretty disappointing. Uh, I thought this was going to be the most entertaining game of the, of the slate. And even though there were two goals scored, it was not entertaining at all. Yeah. And a few guys that, you know, people had been talking about at the beginning of the year, Jordan Rhodes and Victor Fisher from, from Middlesbrough, didn't even get on the field. Um, and... You know, the Shakiri goal was from a free kick, so we didn't really get any any significant points from, uh, you know, Eric Peters or Arnautovic. Yeah, um, we should note that Phil Bardsley, who plays for Stoke, got the start uh, ahead of Glenn Johnson because Johnson Injury. was hurt. So, um, you know, always nice to see Phil Bardsley around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one thing to take from this game, there were eight yellow cards handed out. <laughs> it was a little chippy. Yeah. I think lots, uh, lots of negative points going around. <laughs> so stupid. But the only yeah, there's only one save and eight yellow cards. That <laughs> that that's a good way to sum up this game. <laughs> right. It was as good looking as that sounds. That's yes, exactly. So I don't want to dwell on that game too much. Let's move on to Southampton and Watford, shall we? Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Troy Deeney. If there's a goal to be scored from Watford, and there was one, he's involved, and he got the assist for Etienne Capoue, who mm. got his first goal for Watford, and I think his first goal in like four years. Yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> so it's it's been a minute there. So that might be his only goal of the season. Uh, for Nathan Redmond, it was nice to see him pop up and uh, score. I was very high on him last year. I was high on this year, but didn't get him on any teams except for DraftKings. Uh, but that's because I didn't have to compete with anyone else to get him. Uh, but just like last year, Jorelio Gomez, six saves. <laughs> the Yeah, the, the Redmond thing, Redmond's going to be the reason that Charlie Austin never plays because they're playing him as a second striker to Shane Long, which 
he looks quite comfortable in. So uh, the the interesting thing is is that their midfield is playing very uh, compact, and so theoretically, if they're going to cross the ball, we should see it from the fullbacks. Cedric started, which was a bit of a surprise after uh, he was with Portugal through the. I mean, they won the Euros, so. Um, you know, I, f- I feel like most of the guys that we saw um, that played in the Euros deep uh, either didn't start or didn't play at all. Jose Font was on the bench for this one, which is why we saw Maya Yoshida. But anyway, Cedric got the start, and Matt Target was on the other side. So um, if we're going to see crosses, then it it feels like it's going to be from those players as opposed to uh, Tadich, who's going to be in the middle, or whoever's behind him, whether it's yeah, but Tadic was everywhere. Tadic was everywhere. That's true. Uh, That's true. It, he. Uh, he may have been assigned the number 10 role, but he was floating around everywhere and causing all sorts of havoc. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked very comfortable and very dangerous. And if you own Tadic in a season long league, don't don't trade him. Yeah. Don't get rid of him uh, unless you get a ridiculous offer. I would uh, you know, I would. For example, I, you know, if I if I had Christian Erickson, I would very strongly consider trying to get Chris, uh, get get Dusan Tadic for Erickson. Straight up. That's yeah. how highly I think of Tadic in that role. Mm-hmm. So you just take that take that with a grain of salt because as soon as they get excited about a player, that's usually when bad things tend to happen. So, you know, grain of salt. But Mayo Yoshida, uh, Jose Font, by the way, uh, rumors have it that um, oh, gosh. Jose Mourinho is interested. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he loves. Did you know who would be defenders. perfect for Everton is Chris Smalling. I'm just kidding. That was just like a Manchester to. Yeah, exactly. I I I I, I got the joke and and didn't laugh. Sorry, Andrew. Now you know how I feel. That's right. That's right. I, I but I laugh at my own jokes. That that that's what that, that's what puts it over gotcha. the top. Yeah, I knew that one was a garbage one, so I didn't even <laughs> laugh myself. All right, uh, let's let's round out this uh, this Saturday slate with the late game, which was Manchester City two, Sunderland one, needing an own, uh, Man City just skating by, needing an own goal from Manchester United outcast Paddy McNair. Good start to his Sunderland career. <laughs> um, but Sergio Aguero predictably got the goal for Manchester City, and just as predictably, Jermaine Defoe got the goal for yep. Sunderland and former Manchester City product. Jack Rodwell got the assist on Defoe's goal and two names that we just cannot stand are in the lineup for Manchester City got the assists the Jesus Navas coming on as a sub got the assist on McNair's own goal great and uh, Raheem Sterling getting the assist on Aguero's goal Sterling actually looked pretty sprightly and uh, was uh, running around had a lot of pace showed some uh, showed some confidence for once uh, but he just couldn't and he actually provided one ball with end product but it was let's be honest it was mostly Sergio Aguero's work and uh I mean, I guess Sterling drew the penalty. I guess that's what he did. But I was going to say the two assists that they got one one was in a last touch before an own goal, and the other one was a drawn penalty, which may not have been a penalty. Yeah, it was a. It was definitely not a penalty. Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> they stepped on his ankle outside of the box, but you know, he, they did still step on his ankle pretty badly. Yes. Um. Just you know, yellow cards for Kolarov uh, playing center back. No surprise. Um, but for me, the big story, and just like you stated before, Willie Caballero starting for Manchester City, uh, basically had the same fate as Joe Hart, made a couple of saves, uh, gave up a goal. 
Yeah, I'm not sure he makes this team any worse. I mean, Pep obviously doesn't believe he does. He's not the the answer for the season. But there's clearly this, you know, decision to ride him that they don't fall back nearly as much, which kind of says more about Joe Hart than it does Willie Caballero. But um, Joe Hart's too good to to sit on the bench all season. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Pep obviously doesn't care where he goes if he... If you know he's willing to send him to Everton, which sounds like is a possibility. As long as he recoups a, a, a transfer fee that he finds acceptable, that's fine. Yeah, he won't get that much. I mean, goalies don't go for that much money. Yeah, at least uh, not twenty-eight-year-old ones who are coming off a terrible international tournament. Yeah, the only thing that makes me more upset than <laughs> than watching Manchester City achieve any kind of success is Jeff Dunham being on television doing fantasy NFL work for ESPN, which okay. is actually, which is definitely happening in the background on my television. And okay. it made me very angry. Um, I tried to tie it to this and I failed miserably, but Lavane Kone, uh, another F rumored to be at Everton uh, actually played pretty well for Sunderland, despite yep. being against Manchester city. Uh, Chelsea, if you're listening, be a good idea. Just saying, if you want to debut from American Lyndon Gooch. Who, yes, I saw that. Nobody saw that coming. I, I had a Bobby Cosry for a full oh, 65 minutes. That was so disappointing. Uh, just disappointing because I, I like Wabi Cosry, and a lot of people, especially on DraftKings, love Wabi Cosry. He's a great DraftKings player. Mm-hmm. Um, He'll get in there. I don't know why he was rested. We'll see. But David Moyes sees something, I guess. Yeah. Well, we didn't – I mean, the, there are a few players. He obviously brought in uh, Adnan Yanezai as well from Manchester United, who he had. Uh, Donald Love, who came in the package deal with Patty McNair. He got the start. And I don't know. I feel like we just haven't seen the the Sunderland side that he's going to roll with for most of the season. I mean, after, what was it, $12 million they paid for your boy uh, Papi Jabilaboji? Jilaboji. Jilaboji. No, yeah, uh, the D is kind of silent. Jilaboji. Sounds like I added a extra syllable too. It's like it's like it's like the country Djibouti, but it's Jillaboji. Oh, don't do that! Now I'm going to mess it up even more. That was <laughs> the opposite of helpful, right there. But anyway, he'll start it's probably. Not, I can't imagine Jonas Kabul is going to keep that starting job for a while, unless he's cover for Lamine Kone leaving. But that might be in my new Twitter bio, by the way. Uh, Mike Gottlieb, a sayer of things, the exact opposite of helpful. Yeah. yeah? Yeah, Fair that's enough. not bad. Not bad. That's not bad for me. All right, uh, I'm not that clever. What can I say? All right, let's move on here. We have the other side of Manchester to get to. Uh, top of the table, Manchester United, the only team to win by more than one goal, and that's right, they won by two. We have <laughs> the three names that you really want to see on the Manchester United goal sheet: Juan Mata, Wayne Rooney, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I have to put a footnote on Juan Mata's goal. It was really Simon Francis's own goal that Juan Mata happened to be in the way of. <laughs> what a horrible play that was. But Mike, I mean, it just made everybody feel good that Juan Mata scored the first Jose Mourinho Manchester United Premier League goal. And he'll be the first. Uh, he'll be the first permanent transfer out right. as well. Right. Uh, but <laughs> did you see the stat about Zlatan scoring on his debut? In the Premier League, League One, La, La Liga, Syria, uh, and the Champions League. No, but did you also see that Ross Barkley has scored in three consecutive opening days that he's played in? Great. <laughs> I think he missed one by with injury. Hmm. But I thought know. that was pretty impressive for Zlatan to score on his debut everywhere. 
he's uh, I, I don't I mean unless he just knew that for uh, Manchester United was the only place that he wanted to play um, I don't know why every team wasn't interested in putting in a gigantic bid um, as far as salary was I think well there are a few things one is he hates Pep so he was not going to Man City there was no way Arsenal was going to pay for him uh, did Chelsea even have a manager at the time no, probably not. And he loves Mourinho. I mean, where else is he going to go? Like I said, unless he just ha- was you know, determined beforehand that that was the only place he was going to play, I'm just surprised that you didn't see any rumors of other teams trying to get him. Like, there weren't even rumors. It was just Manchester United or nowhere. Um, <clears throat> and Or Inter. Yeah, he was never going there. I mean, it was just going to be the biggest paycheck. That's where he was going to go, and he went to the richest club in the world. Yep, and also on the Manchester United score sheet was uh, Anthony Martial with two assists. So mm-hmm. basically, all the names you wanted to see for Manchester United. Yeah. They were, uh, and then Adam Smith ruined the uh, the yep. clean sheet opportunities for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not repeatable, Adam Smith. Did, oh, I wouldn't say that. I mean, he's he's a very good attacking fullback, and it sounds like he's going to start. He's going to start from now on. They've moved Simon Francis inside, and he's not coming back out. That that, that is painful to hear. <laughs> it's such a good fullback. Hmm. And Nathan, about... Nathan Ake apparently is not ready, so good job, Chelsea. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and they're, the like one... o, they're like 0 for 28 on <laughs> loans out, something like that. The and one... by the way, they loan more players out since we've last talked. Hmm. The one guy who apparently uh, impressed Jose Mourinho the most was Marouane Fellaini. I think Jose said that he he kind of admitted that Manchester United supporters don't like Fellaini and he's going to make them love him, which is insane. But it sounds like Fellaini is the reason why we're not going to see Morgan Schneiderlin. Good. Or Michael Carrick, I guess. As a fan of Chelsea, good. <laughs> That's just fine with me. I wonder if Daley Blinn's going to keep playing. Because now Smalling was suspended for the opener, and I'm just not sure where else he fits. I'm not sure he can play. He's not going to take that Schneiderlin role from Fellaini. So, like, where does Daly Blind fit? Like, he's I mean, very good. I think that's a good problem to have. They they could put him at right back. I think they like Valencia. I'm just saying that's a place he could play. I'm not yeah. saying they would or yeah. not. It's just he could play there. He could play left back. He also Eric Bailly does. I mean, Mourinho said that Bailly was a project for the future. He didn't think he was going to play much this year. And he won man of, amazingly, he won man of the match in this one. Yeah, I know. Uh, and what, fun saying, what do you know? He was man of the match. I just wouldn't put too much stock in what he says out loud as okay. someone who's who's unless he's talking about himself. <laughs> right. Something that, or, or someone combating himself. Right. You know, that's really what I wanted to say about that. All right, let's get to the best game of the weekend, shall we? Was it Arsenal three, Liverpool four? Yes, this was the best game yeah, of it the was. weekend. All right, <laughs> I know, I know, it didn't turn out the way you wanted, but a lot of names to get through here. Uh, who do you want to start? With? Do you want to, you want to start with the Arsenal side and then get to the the Liverpool side, or do you want to save your misery for the end? Whatever. 
All right, let's start, with, let's start with Arsenal then. Okay. Uh, Callum Chambers, who I tried to add in Niefsa but missed the deadline by two minutes, so good job by me. Uh, uh, he scored a goal. Uh, Theo Walcott scored. Theo Walcott also missed the penalty, so it kind of canceled itself out, just like Theo Walcott's career. Uh, and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain scored a goal. Uh, and, I, I mean, that's a second-rate Arsenal squad, and they're still scoring goals. Uh, the only problem is they let up four goals. So mm-hmm. Santi Cazola was in the lineup, got two assists. Alex Awobi also chipped in with an assist. So a lot of names that you're familiar with. Um, I'm not sure how many of these names will be consistent starters from week three on. But uh, you got to like that they're contributing when they're in the lineup so you know that they're ready to go. Um, as an Arsenal fan, it's just the same – it's the same – song different verse pretty much every year correct yeah pretty much i mean the somebody pointed out that they arsenal i think are winless in their last seven openers which like is fine i was we kind of intimated uh to this earlier but everybody is like this is what happens because uh, arsenal had this huge war chest and arson wenger didn't want to spend it they didn't get that center back they needed but, like, they're missing their top three center backs. Like, most teams don't have five starting center backs. Like, just ask Manchester United last year. It, right. It's just, like, it's not something that teams have. And, like, yes, it, it happens that, like, guys get hurt. But you you don't buy five starting center backs. So the, they just happen to get hurt at the same time. Like, that happens. And you're not going to go out now and spend, you know, 40 million pounds on some center back because at some point these guys come back. And... Laurent Koscielny is, was being rested just after making the final of the Euros. Mertesacker and, and Gabriel are out, but like that, that wasn't known at the beginning of the transfer window. And so, this idea that like he, Wenger like blew it again, I, at least from the center back spot, I think is way overblown. And everyone's talking about how they need a center forward, but when you think about like the people that that they need. There's only like five guys that fit this mold. And like, that's the, the, the issue that I have and that like the way that Arsenal is set up is to, you know, use Olivier Giroud as some sort of like hold up, hold up striker to allow guys like Alexis and Ozil to, to work around him. And everybody keeps talking about um, Alexander Lacazette, who's like a five, nine speedster. Like, this is not like the guy that's going to like come in and be this dominant striker in the Premier League. Certainly not for Arsenal. And so everyone's like, well, they let Iguain go years ago. And it's like, well, you got to get over that. He just went for 90 million euro, or 90 million pounds or euros. I don't even remember what it was. But euros, like, that's, that was well overpaid. Like if they paid 90 million euros, people would, would burn the Emirates down. Uh, and then you like Edinson Cavani, like I know you like him, but like I love him. He's I don't not, like him. I love him. He's, you're right, he's not the answer. And like I disagree there. People I think he would be the answer. Well, but like you're gonna have to pay seventy million pounds for him, and like you, you can't pay seventy million pounds for a guy like that. And and at this point, we're like we're running out of guys that, that realistically help Arsenal. So everyone's like, well, you just spend the money because you have the money to spend. Go get Lacazette, and it's like getting Lacazette doesn't solve the problem. You like, can get Mario. You can get Mario Mandzukic tomorrow. Yeah. Or Mario Gomez, you can get tomorrow. Uh, come on, the Mario <laughs> Gomez just is just kidding. Ridiculous. Just. But like, Manzukic is an interesting one. I didn't, I didn't th- think about him, but um, 
but he's, I mean, he's another one who's hurt all the time. Like he would fit right in at Arsenal, but yeah. The, rumor has it that Bayern Munich are ready to sell uh, uh, David Alaba. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that'd be the perfect guy to play striker. Apparently. I'm just yeah, kidding. exactly. Just, just kidding. He just keeps moving forward and forward right. every year. So I just like it, it. People have these like expectations that Arsenal can like go out and get these guys. There was a great video like some Arsenal TV fan TV thing about how like if Jamie Vardy is turning you down, how are you going to convince somebody like Iguain to like come to Arsenal? And so I think people just need to like get a little more realistic about the possibilities of how they can upgrade this team because they're not getting, they obviously were never really in on Zlatan and you know, they, they, they played a team that's going to have one of the best attacks in the premier league this year. They scored three times against them with backups, basically. Uh, like you said, you listed off those guys on the on the score sheet. Cazorla is the only one who's going to start in in two weeks, and he's only starting because Aaron Ramsey got hurt. Like Iwobi is not going to start, Chambers is not going to start, Oxley Chamberlain is not going to start, and Walcott's not going to start. So, like, if you can if you can score three times with these guys, yeah, you're going to get beat four times against the best one of the best attacks in the Premier League when you have two center backs who one of which isn't really a center back and the other one joined the team two weeks ago, like settle down. I actually, I think this is a great mindset for Arsenal to have. Yeah. We'll just go out and we'll just score three goals. And we dare you to try and we dare you to get four. Yeah. (laughs) Like (laughs) we dare, we dare you to open up enough to try to get four goals against us. Yeah. Because that three goals will turn into six. Like I I think, I think it was a great statement that they made with second rate players that, Hey, we can still score a lot of goals. No matter who we put out there, yeah, that I so agree. I, with. The, I, the problem I, I is that Arsenal played really well. It's just that uh, I just want to get to I want to get to the Liverpool. Yeah, please, yeah, I was just about to. Yeah. So uh, I, I just to list off, you know, the point getters here. We got Coutinho with two goals, one with that amazing free kick. Um, Adam Lallana scored a goal. Great. Uh, Sadio Mane on his debut, he scored. Great goal. Yep. Nathaniel Klein got an assist. So did Lallana. So Lallana filled out the score sheet pretty nicely. And another debut, Jorginho Wijnaldum. Uh, that would be John Wallen's new favorite thing. Uh, new shiny red to uh, new shiny red player. Uh, Jorginho Wijnaldum, he got an assist. And <sighs> the Walcott missed that penalty and Mignolet saved it. So Mignolet got a ton of points for that. But he did let up three goals, <laughs> which is just like Simo Mignolet. Yeah, everybody was like furious that Walcott took that penalty. He drew it, but I don't know why Alexis wouldn't be the one to to take that penalty. But anyway, uh, yeah, Coutinho looked awesome. He left with uh, what they later described was a cramp, hamstring cramp, which uh, is certainly good news because everybody was was very nervous that uh, he really hurt himself because he was basically like running down a ball and just pulled up lame, which. Uh, you know, we've seen guys like Josie Altador do that, and he's out for six months. So it happened to Andre Ayew in the Monday in the game today. Yeah, in the game today, That's yeah. Right. So Coutinho is apparently going to be fine. Uh, amazingly, Roberto Firmino, who was the highest-owned uh, Liverpool midfielder, did nothing, which uh, was, you know, frustrating, obviously. But um, Alberto Moreno looked absolutely horrific. Um, he's the one who committed the. The foul on Walcott in the box. He was beaten again by Walcott for the goal that Walcott scored one minute later. I mean, Moreno looked like he'd never played defense before, which, in fairness, we always like him for his attacking prowess. So, so maybe we shouldn't have been that that concerned with it. But uh, if he doesn't start like defending better, he's he's going to lose out on his playing time. I thought that's an interesting point. Uh, I did see a couple of my Liverpool friends in big caps lock saying. Uh, 
clop by left back, clop by left yeah. back, clop by left back. <laughs> um, those those aren't that easy to find. Trust me. Uh, as a Chelsea fan, we apparently can never find a left back. Yeah, you play right back there. That's right. The last left back we had was Ashley Cole. Hmm. Let's put it that way. Yuck. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think Liverpool looked very impressive, but I think everybody is overreacting to the result. And um, it's kind of like Arsenal scored three goals against a terrible defense. Liverpool scored four goals against a terrible defense. Um, the only difference is that the Liverpool team we saw is basically the Liverpool team we're going to see. And the Arsenal team is very different. I mean... I don't think you're going to see El Nenny and Coquelin start next to each other very often. Um, Granite Jaka had a rather forgettable debut. I think it was four fouls committed and a yellow card in like 20 minutes or whatever it was. So he'll have to improve. But uh, there's just there was no reason for for people to like overreact to a, a B squad at best from Arsenal losing to a team that is going to compete for a top four spot. Uh, I actually, I, th- I, I really do think Liverpool will get that fourth spot. They might. Uh, I think, I, th- I mean, I think the debate has to be that it's going to be like the people fighting for the fourth spot. I think are, I, I really do think the top three teams will be pretty solid, which will be Arsenal and the two Manchester clubs. And then the people fighting for the fourth, uh, fourth spot is everybody. Basically, you know, Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, maybe. Um, I, I'm I don't the other way. I thought, I thought Chelsea was in that three. No, I, I no, I don't think they're close. Okay. Um. Anyway, you know what? Let's talk. You know, we can we can uh, segue seamlessly here to Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they they won today two one uh, with a late goal from Diego Costa, and Chelsea He's still just, there, huh? Yeah, he is, surprisingly. Uh, they really put the hammer down on West Ham. Oh, that was really good, actually. That was really nice writing <laughs> myself. Uh, <laughs> I, sorry, I just caught myself in a moment of brilliance. You That's hadn't so even weird. finished the thought, and you were already complimenting yourself. Yeah, it's like, oh, yes, that, that one worked really well. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Eden Hazard opened the scoring on a penalty. Uh James Collins, of course, because he's still a thing. Uh, he hammered home a nice volley off of a corner, which Chelsea just... It's not Grassian, if you could even say. It, it was not Grassian. Um, from, I think they're also both from, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think they're both Irish. Anyway, uh, this game to me, because I, I did watch, um, I had to watch a couple of it, a couple bits of it in highlights, but I got I got most of the game in. West Ham until except for about five or six minutes of the ninety, uh, they were completely pinned back by Chelsea, which yes. is so rare to see. That is really rare to see from Chelsea. Um, what I also saw from Chelsea was that uh, Antonio Conte was literally begging Aspilicueta and Ivanovic to actually do something from the from the wings, mm-hmm. and they just couldn't. They just don't know what to do. They just couldn't yeah. do it. Um, Conte is going to get really frustrated with that in games where the other team actually wants to put up a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if they pin them back so much that Andy Carroll was playing left back at certain points of yep. the game, you referenced earlier when he tripped up uh, Ivanovic. Ivanovic. Uh, it, it's to me, Chelsea. They're going to have the same exact problems as last year if they don't change something. Uh, that defense, it was committed, it was active, and you saw you know people getting back. Um. 
a team with actual talent up front. I mean, their best attacker, you know, that's going to be on the ball a lot. Andre Ayu left early in the game. Yep. Uh, Dimitri Payet didn't play until the 70th minute. And Figuli you know, didn't play at all. Figuli didn't play at all. It was just it was a West Ham team that wasn't really a first team for West Ham. Right. And uh, a team with skill beats Chelsea today on this day because Chelsea just couldn't couldn't convert on their uh, you know on their final product most of the time. Um, but as Pilaqueta did actually draw that penalty, so he got an assist. And uh, the, when Chelsea looked the most dangerous, is that right near the end of the game when Michi Batshuayi yeah. and and Diego Costa were on together and they were playing four two four, and that was just bombs away going forward. Uh, if it wasn't the actual, if in extra time they probably could have had more chances, but they just went to the corner. Um, that was that was fun to see. There's um, there's no reason to think that they shouldn't go with that all the time. They were a completely different side with uh, Batshuayi and Costa together. And what is what that is an exact response to the fact that Aspilicueta and Ivanovic just cannot create on the wing. They just can't. So they had to go to a four two four and put Pedro and they and Victor Moses out there at the end just yeah. just spell well he had to he, he was spelling hazard. Right. And he's still there too, huh? Yes, I know. And he he played well actually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in his limited minutes. But I mean, they basically said, okay, Ivanovic and Azpilicueta, you were so bad at creating opportunities. Um, yeah, just stay here. We'll take care of the just rest. Stay, yep, we, we got this. Yep. Yeah. And you might see that for longer stretches, especially against the lower-level teams. Yeah, I, I think, I, I think a... against West Ham, they wanted to keep it a little more conservative, especially because Andy Carroll has killed them in the past. Absolutely crushed Chelsea in the past. So, you know... I mean Chelsea next week. Uh, I, I forgot who they even play. They play Watford next week, so you may see four two four a little more going forward next week. Um, Corelio Gomez, then he may be in line for some more saves. <laughs> uh, but on the West Ham side, like I said, and uh, Collins got Collins got the goal and Valencia got the assist. Um, it was not Valencia didn't take the corner. It was just uh, deflected off of him. Oh, I didn't even know he had an assist. I didn't think there was an assist. Yeah, they, he he cushioned it down, quote unquote, cushioned it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Adrian got his four saves as well. <laughs> the uh, Premier League site is showing that Chelsea lined up in a four-one-four-one, which I thought was interesting because we had talked about uh, if they started N'Golo Kante and Nemanja Matic together, which Matic did start today. But they kind of have Matic uh, next to Oscar in the middle. Speaking of which, what is Oscar doing on this field instead of... To me, it looked more like a four-three-three. That's what I was thinking. It looked like a four-three-three in defense and a four-one-four-one attacking, which is standard. Right. So maybe that's what they they did. But what did you think about Conte's first game? Ingola. Oh, Ingola Conte. He did everything he was supposed to. He was to. awesome. Um, uh, he, he. I think he won man of the match. And for me, at least on TV, he did. I don't know about the official Premier League game, but um, for me, Ingola Conte. If they start Maddich as well, he won't has he won't have as much work to do. But if they start Fabregas next to him, he's going to get exposed. Uh, the Fabregas Fabregas will make him run run like an extra 40, 50 yards back every single time. Conte, he'll he, Fabregas will make Conte right. run 40, 50 yards back further every single time, and he'll just get tired. You think that it would happen even if Maddich is on the field, like if it's Maddich and Conte? If it's Matt, well, if it's Matt Jan Conte, no. 
Okay. But if you're saying if Fabregas plays instead of uh, Oscar. Right. Which I think that would you'd, – you'd end up kind of playing like a 4-2-3-1, but – Yeah, but, but Fabregas doesn't have the pace at, yeah. in the number 10 role anymore. You just can't do it. Yeah. Uh, so he either has to play the deep-lying role like Pirlo did for a while, but mm-hmm. he's just not good enough defensively. Neither was Pirlo, but that – I think in – you know, if, he, if Conte can – if – sorry, if Antonio Conte can get his three at the back that he wants to do, then he can – potentially play around with have uh you know having oscar or fabregas in that deep lying playmaker role but he doesn't have the formation he wants to play yeah yeah all right all right (laughs) one thing i did see as far as potential from uh from the west ham side first of all michael antonio played a terrible game um yeah before being taken off because of a stupid yellow card either way he he should. I think with IU out, he may he may move up to midfield, and they may have to play Sam Byram at right back. Uh, or Sofian Faguli will play. I don't know. It's, it's it's those are the only two options. Right. And furthermore, uh, Cresswell's replacement uh, Masuaku played very well. Yeah, he looked really good. He looked like he belonged in the Premier League. So yep. Yep. Uh, you know he 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 he, he stood up to Dale Costa multiple times. Um, I believe it was I believe it was Costa who tried to cut back and he just kind of stood there and was just like, yep. nope, that not not going to happen. Not again. happening, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think he looked really well. I think he looked really good from a left back perspective uh, in terms of like the Taga scoring or the fan track scoring. I don't know about drafting. I don't think he's going to send in enough crosses, but um, from the peripheral standpoint, he may be someone you can look to actually dispel for Aaron Cresswell if you drafted him early in the mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see when he actually comes back. Like, it's gonna be I months. wonder when he actually comes back. Yeah, yeah it'll be. I it, mean, I'm pretty sure they're gonna go through the the January transfer window with him still out. I agree. So it, it'll be a long time before we see Aaron Cresswell, if we see him at all this season. But Masuaku looks good. Uh, he's someone who I might consider putting in uh, free uh, if he makes it to free agency this week. He might be someone I pick up as far as streaming. Mm-hmm. I agree. <sighs> great week what a great week what a great start to the Premier League season so much to talk about mm. and we're going to do this all again on Thursday when we re- when we preview week two uh, because there is a Friday game uh, yeah. this week uh, <laughs> apparently the English Football League has some Premier League competition on Friday so uh, and also Newcastle 0-2 starting off in the second tier so uh, good job by them. But uh, for Andrew, uh, this has been Mike. Uh, I'm just so excited that the Premier League is back. And I'm looking forward to game week two on Thursday. Andrew, I will talk to you then. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. They're going to kill the love of my life Casey! if I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.